You're listening to a special series of expert voices. In each episode, Riviera Maritime Media and Lloyd's Register bring together subject matter experts to share their insights on the technical, operational, and commercial issues shaping the marine and offshore industries. Our host is Riviera Maritime Media's Edwin Lampert. What is the perfect second-hand tanker in today's market? Buoyant crude and product tanker markets, delivery dates of 2026 and 2027 for new tonnage, and continued uncertainty on fuel choices at the new building stage have propelled sales and purchase activity in the second-hand tanker market and set asset values soaring, including for tonnage at the very upper end of the age spectrum. This development brings key questions into sharp focus, occurring as it does against a backdrop of tightening environmental regulation and new iterations in the industry's vetting regime. I'm joined today by Nico Michas, Global Tanker Segment Director, Lloyd's Register, EMEA, Theodore Economopoulos, Fleet Technical Manager, Euronav, and Nicholas Vaporis, Chief Technical Officer, Capital Ship Management Corp. My name is Edwin Lampert, and I'm Riviera Maritime Media's Executive Editor and Head of Business Relations. When we talk about the looming tanker capacity crunch, what does that mean to you, Nicholas Vaporis? I think at this very moment, everybody is looking for ships that can take clean cargoes. All tonnages, all size of ships on the clean market are performing very well. Uh, time will tell how long this uh, strong market will uh, remain. Uh, at the same time, we have seen uh, the VLCC market uh, picking up, and I think uh, Theo, uh, his company, is benefiting a lot also from the uptake of uh, the market in the VLCC segment. There is a market for overage secondhand vessels. Above 15 years of age, the market for, for crude oil tankers is shrinking above 20. After we cross the peak of oil, maybe things will start changing and maybe people will start reconsidering uh, depending on how well the vessel is maintained and the safety upgrades that will be done. I believe we have seen mostly changes on the environmental performance. The safety of the vessels is high standard. Hello, uh, Nikos Michas here from Lloyd's Register. Uh, there is this increasing second-hand uh, purchase uh, the last two years. We see that almost 10% of the fleet changed hands. One reason is that we really have no new tankers in the market. The new building orders are less than 5% of the order book. We see that the owners are looking for second-hand tankers, even if the price has increased from 35 to 40% from the beginning of the year. Do you see any evidence that charters are relaxing their normal age restrictions? No, no, I don't see something like this. We have not seen any evidence that the trend will be changing in the near future. There is no relaxation. I would say to the contrary, the charters they are increasing continuously their requirements. Also, SIRE 2 will bring additional and more transparent vetting. Capital Ship Management is constantly buying and trading second-hand tankers. When you bring a second-hand tanker into the fleet, how do you bring it up to scratch? We continue to upgrade the fleet with the installation of open-loop scrubbers. This is a commercial decision uh, taken by the company. Quite uh, challenging uh, sometimes with uh, retrofits in uh, China. When it comes to ships uh, of uh, 10 years and above, uh, another challenge during dry docking 
uh, is uh, obsolete uh, systems. We have seen this extreme case where a ballast system installed 10 years ago is not fit for purpose and this is very challenging. They have to be either upgraded or completely reinstalled with a lot of expenses. The supply chain is not there for spares and for engineers and it is very very challenging for flying engineers from other countries to China especially during the COVID period, the expenses are increasing a lot. The supply chain is not working properly. For more experience, the dry docking for a second-hand tanker, it's a very triggering point of discussion. If it was for me to make a decision, then I would not buy a second-hand uh, tanker less than one year before it's planned dry docking. If you have one year ahead, you have ample time to check the vessel, see the condition and plan all the upgrades and the retrofits that need to be done in a proper manner without having to run around. The supply chain challenges, especially for vessels above 10 or even 15 years, is isolated mainly with electronic systems if they are obsolete. And the main challenges we were facing recently with all the microchip shortage due to COVID was the long delivery time either of used equipment that could not be repaired because they could not find the chips or to order a brand new upgrade or retrofit kit. You could not find anything at all in the market. On top of that, there are some vendors in Korea who went bankrupt in the the period before COVID, which created many challenges on finding spares to maintain even newer systems. For sure, it brought our uh, procurement department under administration. What are the key considerations for second-hand tonnage when it comes to meeting the required EEXI and CII ratings? Based on our experience, EEXI is not really a huge problem for the tanker fleet at least for the fleets that we are operating from the rates of MRs to VLCCs. To improve the CII, we don't see a benefit to retrofit propellers and go for heavy investments that also require a lot of lead time for the equipment to be prepared. A duct is an option, but again, for the tanker fleet, is not very commonly used because uh, the ships are being installed with the ES ducts at the new building states. The tricky part that is coming into the equation now will be the CII. As we all know, CII for older tonnage will be definitely the challenge to meet in the future. And this will increase the voyage-related costs, which will make the second-hand vessels less and less attractive. So it will be a very difficult equation to manage. Do you think there's a risk that charters will use I ratings as a scorecard in order to, to make their selections? It is an option in the market. I believe that at the end of the day, it will be used as a benchmarking tool. I don't believe that the oil majors will go there because CII is an operational affected index and will be no fair. From a crew perspective, when it comes to second-hand tonnage. Is there a particular requirement for refresher training or even retraining? It is a challenge. Some eight months ago, Capital uh, took over four DF Aframaxes 
built at the Hyundai Samo. Capital, I believe, is the first owner worldwide entering the DF market, the tanker market with a second-hand vessel. And we have taken very drastic measures to train the crews. And it's going to be more challenging and equally important as the choice that we have in front of us for choosing new exotic fuels. To the owner-operator looking to trade older second-hand tonnage, what would you advise as part of a proactive and agile strategy to get the most out of the vessel? Okay, first, first one, it should come from the commercial guys, whether the vessel is attractively commercially. Uh, second one should come from us, whether the engine power should be restricted a lot through the EXI compliance. As I said before, our experience for the tanker fleet, this is not very much affecting the speed of the vessel. However, if you are talking for ships uh, more than 15 years old, somebody has to check this uh, very carefully. And the third one, which is uh, techno-economical again, is what about the exotic fuels? Can these second-hand ships handle biofuels or the second-hand ship that you are going to buy? Is it retrofitted to burn LNG or methanol? The biofuels, I believe, it is something that can be addressed quite easily, uh, at least with the experience that the industry has uh, so far. Uh, as you know, we are actually burning biofuels every day, but up to 7% fame. Now we are talking about 20 or 30% biofuels. Now with uh, retrofitting the engines, this is a straightforward question. Uh, you can ask your main engine manufacturer whether this engine is retrofitted. Some engines are retrofitted with a huge capex only for the engine part and some other engines are not. So if you are going to buy a 10 years old vessel, perhaps it will be possible to retrofit to methanol or LNG or something else, LPG. But if you buy a 15 year old vessel, 95% it will not be possible to retrofit. Let's come to uh, Nico from Lloyd's Register. From my side, yes, I agree with uh, Nicolas regarding the vessel speed for tankers. Uh, also from the calculations we have done for tanker vessels below 10 years don't need to reduce the speed so much. For vessels more than 15 years old, this becomes more obvious. So then is, is the question how operational is the vessel if you reduce the speed a lot? Also, we have to consider the new regulation will come also for EU, for example, that will have the owners that emit have to pay a, a lot if they operate in Europe. So a vessel above 15 years old, they have to find other trade patterns. So we'll see different trade patterns for vessels that are younger, different trade patterns for the vessels that are older. Theo. All things depend on the age of the second-hand vessel. There are second-hand vessels of three years old and there are second-hand vessels of 17 years old. So it all depends on the spectrum we're talking about. If we focus on the higher end of the, of the fleet age, which means around 15 years of age or 13 or something like that, then the key point would be to be sure that you have a market to trade the vessel and you will have it for the few next years. 
the reputation of the building yard and the owner slash operator for the past years is very important. This will give you a good indication on what to expect on the machinery as well as on the maintenance and the internal coating of the vessel. For sure, you will need to do some upgrades and you will need to choose wisely. The truth is that we are getting in a very interesting period because we'll have so many changes and the new fuels will be the item that we're going to discuss for the following years. From my point of view, a big retrofit to LNG fuel is too expensive for a vessel that is more than five years old. And maybe methanol, it's something that is much cheaper, but definitely biofuelers that Nicola said is something that we can do. I, I will not foresee too many retrofits for new fuels in the existing fleet. Another point that I would believe that it is important and it will become more and more important is ship recycling. As you know, this, the whole environment of ship recycling is becoming tighter and tighter. For the moment, it's not affecting so much all of the market, mainly the European market, but I believe that at one point or the other it will be globally adapted and this will create a lot of issues when it comes down to recycling of vessels at the end of the commercial life and the practical life of the vessels. And these will be things that will become more and more important when we're talking about the second hand, especially for great tanker. With the second hand tanker market showing no signs of abating, it's likely that interest in purchase and trading of these vessels will only increase. I'd like to thank our panelist, Nico Michas, Global Tanker Segment Director, Lloyd's Register, EMEA, Theo Ikonopoulos, Fleet Technical Manager, Euronav, and Nicholas Vaporus, Capital Ship Management Corp, for their insights and contribution. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you for listening to this podcast, part of a series brought to you by Riviera Maritime Media and Lloyd's Register. To share feedback on this episode and propose future topics, please email expert.voice at lr.org and edwin.lampert at rivieramm.com. To stay up to date on the technical and operational issues shaping the marine and offshore industries, please visit the Lloyd's Register and Riviera websites, www.lr.org and www.rivieramm.com. Thank you.